Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Shit bowling ideas back and forth. Hippie science. Right. right. It's not science science. It's almost like I'm trying to call for just people to just be better. That we could have some kind of study on these type of people. Her mother was on board, I guess. Of course yeah. she was. She got programmed and board and didn't have to fuck the man to do it. <laughs> Our devil's advocate type stance here. See you, Jessica. And you're Seth. And this is the Hippie Science Variety Hour. So we recently did an episode on Aphantasia. Yeah, we did. We got a lot of fans reached out to us about this yeah, one. Yeah, um, which is exactly what we asked for in the episode, and we're super, super grateful. It is. Um, it was so much fun, Yeah, too. yeah. It, it was really, really interesting to talk to these people. Uh, so we are, uh, as, as one of our guests described, fantasic, right? Um, yeah. So we have, we have no, no perception as to what it's really like to be aphantasic. And right, we, right. we asked in our initial episode if, if we could hear from people, because really this is very fascinating to us how your perception might be changed from experiencing the world in this way. So right on this episode, we have interviews with two listeners of the podcast who reached out and were generous enough to devote their time to tell us what their lived experience is. Yeah. And it was absolutely a pleasure. Thank you so much to the guests that the fans that reached out to us, we have some more interviews um, that we are scheduling as well. We'll have two more interviews on this topic that we'll do another episode with, but thank you so much to those that have reached out. It's been very eye-opening and thought-provoking. We've talked a lot about this and about how cool our fucking fans are. After, I mean, after talking to two of them, we get off the phone and set the night to each other. Like, man, we've got the coolest fucking fans we, ever. Absolutely. This is incredible. Absolutely. I, I mean, I never, I never expected to have this good of a time <laughs> just talking to people. I didn't either. Like, I was excited about it, but I didn't expect to have an hour go by and you're like, whoa, wait, what? So, yeah, we should mention, I can keep talking this to is going to be an especially uh, long episode because right, right. Um, we were trying to keep them sort of in check, right? But we really, really got lost in these interviews because it was just so interesting. Right, and we did. There's nothing that I would cut, that either one of us would cut from these conversations. There's not a moment where it wasn't, like quality, like it was deep conversation and really good. And I just don't want to shortchange anybody by trying to stick to some kind of time format because we already know time's not real. So yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, you know, we just got lost in it. it. This is a podcast, you know, we can, we can, we can do what we want. So do what we want. We're grown. Yeah, that's right. So, um, (laughs) this first interview is with a guy who reached out, uh, via Twitter which is a great way to to reach us, right? You can DM us if there's anything in any of the episodes that you have anything to say about. And, I mean, right. you might get brought on the show too, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we absolutely love hearing from you guys. Yeah, I guess here's uh, Jason. So we're joined today by Jason. Jason is a man living with aphantasia and no internal monologue. And, you know, this is exactly the type of thing we were hoping to get people reaching out for, right? Uh, we we don't have this experience at all, meaning Jessica or I, 
So, Jason, do you think you could uh, speak to, you know, what that's like for you and maybe introduce yourself a little? Uh, yeah. So, like I said, uh, my name is Jason. I'm 33, recent college grad, communications minor. Um, and it's, I don't think condition is the right word. Uh, there's a, a lot of times when people talk about it, um, it's a, wow, I don't think I could. And it's, it's different. Like, I'm jealous that, like, you two have animations in your brain. Um, <laughs> Mine yeah, is definitely a, a cartoon. Yeah, hers is absolutely uh, <laughs> something you've never even wanted to. You don't want that. <laughs> uh, but you know um it's i intuit things just differently and right. for me so, so you do feel like like how we said in the episode you do feel like you're missing a step uh missing a step maybe it's very kind of murky sometimes um one of the weird ways is uh, back in the day, I took a Japanese class. Japanese has three different alphabets that you have to kind of learn to, to speak fluently. Right. And, and I couldn't visualize the alphabet, but just through sheer rote memorization and muscle memory, I learned how to kind of get through it. That's oh, really interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's something I've never thought of before. That not being able to visualize letters uh would make that more difficult. Especially so, with a language it? that has like such unique shape. Like each little flare means something different with the letters. Right. Do you think it was more more difficult learning to read initially or once you already had that sort of pre program from English that it was more difficult? learning a foreign language? I don't think it, it, it was probably about on par, I think. Because once you have the, all right, this set of symbols means, you know, mouse, dog, what have you, then right. you've got something to intuit from that. Okay. So it's it's crazy interesting to me that you went into communications, right? So do you think, so this whole time, I think when we recorded the initial episode, I I feel like there's a definite possibility that someone who has, you know, aphantasia doesn't like, you know, you, you get to, like Jessica said earlier, do you think you're missing a step? But I feel like it, it could possibly be that you're skipping a step. You know, there's that sort of thing where, you know, your language is sort of your um, operating system. So... If you're not having to think in a language, do you think you can think more fluidly than having to, you know, first structure it into words to form your ideas and then your ideas kind of come across? I I don't think that it's a matter of steps necessarily. It's almost like just a cognitive leap. Like, right which I suppose you could say is skipping a step, but you know, it's just, how do I want to phrase this? Uh, <laughs> it's super hard. It's describing red. Um, right, it's describing red. I think 
there's not a lot of thought that goes into it to be perfectly honest like it's less a a thinking about it and do it and like planning out and approaching that it's just a just kind of a splurge of information so have you always known you've had this or like did you how did you realize you thought differently and processed information differently than other people around uh no this is definitely a relatively new uh concept um i think i heard about aphantasia three years ago is when it first made its rounds and it didn't blow up like it did this time um but i was like oh yeah that makes sense um at most if i try real real hard i can get kind of a blurry vague kind of 2d image and that's tops um so do you think do you think there are you know sort of grades of it where some people couldn't do that even if they tried really really hard you know whereas you you know it it doesn't come easily but if you do try really hard you can get this blurry vague 2d image whereas you know some people might have a little more ability in that way and some people might have a little less absolutely um really yeah uh it makes sense like y'all can you know have a fully formed image in your head it's just i don't have that uh at most i get the the vague form Hmm. okay so one thing that like really blew my mind when we were watching some videos on this was that the woman said she couldn't like she couldn't remember what her loved ones looked like if they're like, not there okay. it sounds super bad but it's super super true like really I, whoa I, I joked with my with my ex that like I, I need to have a picture of you on my person because in case something happens like i'm not gonna be able to go to a police sketch artist like it sounds wow. i'll be able to recognize you but like me trying to describe you in words is not going to work Oh, that's see, I, really interesting. That wow. Really okay. Is. Yeah, I've never, I've never thought about it in that context. You know, you know, it got, it got so, shockingly dark. dark. Yeah, so, I mean, sketch artists aren't on my mind all that often, but uh, I guess that's something you would have to think about in that situation. Wow. Okay. Okay. That okay. kind of, that kind of. Yeah. Okay. So next question: Do you have a Jiminy Cricket? You know, like Pinocchio with his little, like, internal voice is Jiminy Cricket. Do you have a Jiminy Cricket? Like, what what moral compass is internal? How do you hear that? Or some some version of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's not like a conscience, necessarily. It's a... It's more of a... a bodily feeling like if there's something that i i think is wrong or uh like i don't want to be there i don't get like Mm -hmm. screaming on the inside to get out it's more of a like i get chills and like like locking up of legs oh i get both huh that's interesting see i don't have a conscience so No. Yes, you do, fucker. I do. Do you? Okay, so for that reason, do you think it's if you try, like, have you ever taken an ethics class? I have. 
do you think it's more difficult to think through, you know, ethical problems? Like, you know, there's that famous trolley problem that gets used everywhere now. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of visualization, visual, visualization. God, I cannot talk this morning. Uh, um, English. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of visualization that goes into into that problem specifically, right? Do you think you would have to approach that differently? Um, no. Because at most you could just do the little little scribble and be like, all right, here's the one track, here's the five. Um, right. And then the, the nice part about ethics is that you don't necessarily need that buffer. Like, you can just kind of intuit, like, oh, yeah, that's five living people on one side of the track versus the one that I know. So you can kind of go from there. Um, I absolutely chose to run over the person I knew, for just for the record. Just uh, for the nice record. Nice Greater good. Jason's I mean, taking one for the team. Yeah, but we've already discussed that he – told his ex that he couldn't define her if something happened to her to a sketch artist and now he'll run over his you know his loved one so i don't know jason might be on the right show <laughs> that sounds like something you would do really, really if you were just does. if you were just mad at your ex you wouldn't describe him to a, a a sketch artist just because you were pissed off I'd be like, no, I have that Fantasia. I can't tell you anything yeah see and that's <laughs> that's appropriation you should be ashamed of yourself I mean, probably, but I'm not. So, yeah. so Jason, you don't you don't think it um it affects the way you you reason things like that out, like uh, more complicated questions. Um, because for for me, like I'll I'll chew on stuff like that, and I'll have whole arguments with myself in my head. Oh, me too. Uh, That's why I'm so good at arguing. Right. Um, I'll say that it's usually I usually go gut instinct just first like i'll get out the first thing that i think and then ironic uh but that's the the most optimal word uh uh, as conversation develops then I'll, i'll be able to develop what i actually mean from there and actually dig deeper into it oh it sounds like doing a podcast (laughs) <laughs> my my opinions and ideas on things kind of have to constantly evolve uh, right and sometimes that's through debate or it literally just like getting it out on a page right okay sounds- so that leads me to the artsy side of this are you a like are you someone that likes to create art in any fashion i don't care what medium uh not uh, not art, art. Um, okay. I, what do you mean, art, art? <laughs> uh, like uh, painting, drawing, uh, negatory. The most okay. Uh, chicken scratch scrawls, which people think are neat. Um, I've always blended myself more towards um, writing. Okay. Okay, that makes that a makes lot of sense. sense. That makes sense. So, Less visual, more thought pattern creative. Yeah, and okay. and. Yeah, in writing, you you know, for for me, when I write, I, I just vomit it all out on the page, like as it's yeah. happening. You know, I can clean it up later. Yep. You think that that pretty much works along the same kind of premise as what you were just saying, where, you know, if you're trying to work through an idea, you have to do it through debate and stuff. But if you're writing, you can just kind of, you know, do it yourself. It's just kind of like that internal monologues taken outside. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you talk to yourself a lot? Um, it depends. Uh, honestly, uh, if I'm just sitting at home consuming media, no, not really. Uh, but if I've got like a menial task at work, uh, I will sit and uh, speak through my thought process on how I'm going to get it done. Okay. okay. See, I think my mom has this and doesn't realize it because she talks to her crazy self all the time and answers herself. It's real <laughs> weird. So that's been like, <laughs> I'm self-diagnosing my mother. <laughs> yeah, let's just, you know, you, you got to drag your mother under the bus on the show. That's really, uh, it's pretty not, rude. Um, it's damage. I'm not dragging her under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So just uh, in, in general, do you, is there any way that you notice the, like, like a, a just difference in the way that you approach, you know, things in life that, that, you know, someone like me or Jessica wouldn't, wouldn't even think of because I mean, of course, like we don't have, we don't have that perspective at all. So I'm sure there's a million things I, I would never even begin to think kind of like that sketch artist thing. Right. Uh, yes. All right. Have you tried doing any form of interior decoration, bed construction, dresser construction? Are you big fans of Ikea? Oh, I hate Ikea, but yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to, right? Uh, literally the worst for me. Really? Uh, yes. Uh, 3D spatial thinking is super oh, hard. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. It doesn't correlate. Um, so like, I can't figure out how this piece attaches to that piece and how it should look after the fact. Yeah, that makes that, a lot of sense. That, that's cool. Did you play with Legos growing up? I did. They were, okay. kind, of, they were kind of sloppy sometimes. <laughs> Everybody's was. Not mine. Mine were perfect. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, that's that's curious to me. Okay. It is. Um, so do you have any questions for us as people that are visual thinkers? Uh, can you, I'm just kind of curious. Can you turn it off? No. 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 Oh, <laughs> here's, here's the other fun thing. Um, and I'm, I'm interested because a lot of my, my friends have anxiety and depression issues. Mm -hmm. uh, so ones with aphantasia or without? Uh, no, uh, I'm one of the only people that I know in real life that is aphantagic. Uh, oh. Oh, so, I like how that sounds. Aphantagic. That sounds yeah. just, that's cool. Okay. It, sound, it sounds like the word we should have known already. Yeah, it does, but we didn't. Yeah, so <laughs> and, thanks. And now you know. And now we know. Uh, but a lot of my, my friends describe having anxiety and depression and, like, they just won't be able to stop thinking. Oh, uh, yeah. And, yeah, that's exactly. And, like, I can I can just, like, especially when they're trying to go to sleep, and I'm like, I can just crawl over to my couch right now, just close my eyes, and, like, two minutes, I'll be out. Like, no. that's not an issue for me. That sounds like a superpower. It does. That that sounds like some kind of magic I need in my life. Holy shit. It, no. You know, 
I've had to go to the point of doing exercises for me to go to sleep where um, a therapist told me to visualize a chalkboard and that every thought I had, I'd have to write in a race as it was happening and oh. visualize that whole pro because it would not stop. Did it work? Yeah, eventually. 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 <laughs> and, then, and then with like the anxiety and depression thing, like for me and several people I know, when I experience anxiety or depression, it's just varying degrees of what my internal voice is saying to me. Like mm -hmm. anxiety, it's get out, run, fix this. Oh, my God, you've got to do X, Y, and Z. It's really fight or flight kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then with depression, it's my inner voice telling me I'm a piece of shit and I'm a fraud and I'm never going to do anything right and blah, blah, blah. That's and not that's your inner voice. Like... That's me. <laughs> Wait, that's my co-host. Sorry, forgot. Yeah. As you're just wearing headphones is all. Oh, that's why it feels internal. Why is my internal voice you and a man? I feel like I need to see a therapist about that. You probably should. But that is interesting that it's so, to me, it sounds like, because, you know, I've, I've gone through periods of uh, depression and, I mean, so frequently, you know, anxiety bubbles up with that depression because every time the slightest thing goes wrong, you can just see how it's about to tear down your whole world. Um, and one, one of the ways I kind of helped myself get out of that was through meditation. That's when I first got into meditation. It's one of the reasons that I believe in it as strongly as I do now, but Jason, it sounds like you got to like jump over that, like need to meditate, right? Have you, have you had any experience with meditation? Uh, I've briefly dabbled. It's. It's too quiet. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's what we're. <laughs> God, I wish I had that problem. So like, I, I literally will tell myself out loud, "Shut the fuck up," okay? Like, yeah. just stop. Because from yeah. my understanding is, is like you're not even supposed to like focus on necessarily like the sound of your own breathing, correct? Or am I, is that a misunderstanding? So, it's different forms of it. I mean, there's yeah. different ways you can go with it. Really, the, the following your breath thing that's so popular is to get you focusing on that one thing to shut the rest of the thoughts up, right? Mm. That's to kind of quiet the rest of your mind down. But, I mean, if you're not already having to deal with that, then, I mean, it seems like you're ahead of the game, like, you know, you might be able to go ahead and just be the Dalai Lama pretty soon. If Real you, uh, easy. <laughs> uh, if you uh, really take take the urge to. It, like, all I could do was just, like, follow, like, listen to my own breath. And I got, I got really bored, actually. <laughs> like, okay, so are you... More fidgety than anything else. So, okay, another thing, with you being... It just made me think of it. With you being so lack of visual thinking, do you always need that like internal stimulation? I am usually constantly doing something. There's usually uh, music is good. Um, you know, there's usually YouTube tabs. I can count one, two, three, four, five, six open right now. Uh, you know, wow. there's, there's something happening. Um, and yeah, it just, it helps also because it adds 
context for when people are describing things. Um, you know, I can say, or somebody could say to me, you know, I saw this thing in a scary movie and I can kind of pull back and, you know, I've seen the elevators in The Shining bust open with blood. So I can pull cleared context from that to what they're describing. Oh, so that's really interesting. So, you know, you describe yourself as a, you know, consumer of all media, you know, and you've always got something going on. Do you think it's that you're trying to load up on as much possible reference material as you can? Yeah, that's sort of what I think it is. Uh, okay that's interesting yeah that's really interesting i um so i i have this thing where i'll go through periods where i I do that sort of thing where i i I feel like i don't give my my brain any time to itself because i'll always be listening to a podcast or music or some youtube video or you know something like that and after a while i feel like i get this sort of fatigue because I've been pumping things in so much and I haven't given my brain time to like do its own thing that I I'll feel like my thoughts aren't as organized as usual. And you, you wouldn't say that's a problem for you then. Uh, no, actually that's super interesting. I mean, I guess that makes sense. If, if your monologue needs time to, you know, do its thing and work through its own problems, I, it would make sense, I guess. Yeah, it's got it's got plenty to work through. So what if you have, so you've heard the phrase like it's too loud for me to think or I can't hear myself think. What did you think like is that just that's so that's just completely foreign to you? Like you don't have that moment where there's too much stimulation that you just can't even figure out what you're thinking. Generally speaking, no. Um, okay. But like I feel like everybody has that moment when they're driving in traffic and they have to turn down the, the radio just to focus. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's less about the thinking and more about uh, intuiting what's about to happen next. It's more reactionary than planning. Would you say you have a more difficult time uh, doing that kind of predictive work, right? Where, you know, say driving, you know, if I can imagine, you know, the tractor trailer truck in front of me changing lanes unexpectedly, and I can, you know, imagine it hitting my car and things like that. Would you, would you say you have a more difficult time with predictive things like that? Does that make sense? That sounds so worrisome. I feel like <laughs> if I had to worry about Final Destination every time I was driving. Oh, uh, that replays in my mind's eye like every time I drive. There's at least one scenario that happens that I'm like, okay, this is how I die. Uh-huh. I've seen it before. <laughs> I yeah, no. I don't think Yeah, no. <laughs> uh it's uh it's more, I think it's more reactionary than predictive, which might cause an issue, I suppose. But, like, I live in Minnesota, and there's snowstorms, and people forget how to drive constantly. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, being reactionary rather than trying to predict where the next driver is going to be is might be a net benefit. 
Maybe. It sounds like you just live in this meditative state I wish I could get to. Really? Like, this sounds like the most chill person in the entire world. Like, no, why do you worry about shit like that? No. Yeah, really. Yeah. So, so do you not I, have, I guess... like, a lot of anxiety? That's my kind of, like, final little wrap-up thing. Do you not deal with anxiety and depression a lot? Uh, depression is more, like, it's more about a lack of... um energy and okay and um there there are times when i when i know it hits uh that it's just like oh yeah i'm not doing much of anything today or like it'll be boredom like um i've got games and movies and things to read and watch and play and listen to and it's just like nothing scratches the itch that i'm looking for Ooh, that's a good way to put it yeah i can yeah i know I, I can relate to that feeling. Yeah. It, that that is a uh, like a classic depressed thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Awesome. Well, I you know, I guess I've got one more question then, and <laughs> we, we can we can wrap up unless you have something you know you're wanting to say yourself, Jason. Um. Well, we can we can hold off to, to after your question first. Oh, okay. Um. When Such when you were. He he really is. He really is. He's so much better than either of us. He really is. You need a podcast. Yeah, man. Yeah. Communi- put that communications work <clears throat> to the to the test. <laughs> um so you mentioned to me on on Twitter where we were initially discussing doing this that it's been a crazy few weeks since that that one tweet went viral. Mm-hmm. Um how can can you explain that to me a little? Because I, I, I didn't think of it at all. It, I thought if it were me, I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, I have aphantasia. I've known about aphantasia forever. This this is just all these people freaking out about it. But has it been different than that to you? Uh, it's been it's been a little bit different because you know it's a it's a sliding scale. Uh, if you think back to the the you know one to six, you know, if you can visualize the apple, there's a lot of people. I guess that are realizing that they're like the one to three, right? And, you know, there's a lot of oh, this makes me very sad. Um, and so, you know, I spent a lot of time, you know, during those few few weeks, being like, hey man, like it's okay. Uh, you're not. It's not like a disability. You're just wired differently. Like it's all good. You don't have to be sad about it. Yeah, you're missing one thing, but you're also gaining something else. So I guess that's what I meant. Like, just spent a lot of time empathizing with people about it. Yeah. Okay. I get that. I get that completely. It sounds like a great a great way to approach it. Yeah. It's it's the it's one really one of the biggest reasons I wanted so badly to get someone like you onto this show to explain it in that way because. I think a lot of the first show, I was thinking, hey, this might not necessarily be a bad thing, the way that it's kind of being portrayed by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, hell, I'm halfway jealous of you now, really. I seriously think it's a superpower. Like, if I could get my mind to shut down just like that, I I would think I was a god, even more so. Yeah, more so. <laughs> I mean, there's that trade-off, right? Like, I wish, like, I I play D and D, man. Like, I wish I could get that, uh, 
film going in my head to describe. Really? Okay. See, I would not have expected you to play a game like that without. I love it. Oh, damn. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's cool. Man. That is that's... cool. So okay. Would, would you say it's, it's, it's more difficult to strategize in that type of thing then? So, hmm, 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 no. No. <laughs> Mostly because uh, uh, there's, you know, there's an actual representation of your character and the things you're okay. fighting. Um, honestly, the some of the hardest bits tend to be the like actual role play aspects of it. Um, you know, visualizing the the thing that you're speaking to, getting into the character is sometimes a little weird. Which, interestingly enough, I was uh, told the other day um, that I'm actually a great dungeon master and i've got imposter i've got imposter syndrome i'm like i don't understand how because i don't have a like great way of describing things and i don't have a monologue so it's it was nice to hear that other people think highly of how i play but it's also like do i really though like i don't quite get the, the juxtaposition between the two. I could rattle off for days about D&D. I'm yeah. sorry. It's all right. If we ever do a D&D show, I'll keep you in mind. For real. Um, there um, are some podcasts that are just D&D. I just saw them in the groups. Oh, yeah. I've seen a few of those. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's tons out there. So, okay. With that, I, I've got a follow-up question. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no worries. Have you ever played the game Mansions of Madness? Ah, uh, da 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 I think I played games similar to it. See, I think something like that would be like totally up someone's alley with like yours that has the like D and D kind of fantasy element, but it has the technology part where it plays out the scenes for you. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I, I think you I would dig it. it but I, I would dig that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun game, and you paint the you paint the characters and stuff. It's got it's all Lovecraft inspired. So it's got Cthulhu and I mean, it's really cool game. Yeah. That sounds really cool to me. I don't even do that. Yeah. It's a really cool game. (laughs) Nice. Uh, I think the other, the other thing, I know you, I know you said you were going to be speaking to other people. Um, I think you should ask about how they feel about social deduction games as well. Cause I, I'm in love with them. Games like uh, Secret Hitler, uh, where you know identities are hidden, and then you've got to kind of piece together. Um, I'm simultaneously good and bad at them. Okay. Okay. So what what games. are what are social deduction games? Because I, I really don't like know much. Uh, like... Mafia or uh, uh, werewolves. Uh, where Your vampire game set that you played. That would be considered a social deduction one. So, all right. The three of us are sitting in a room. We're playing uh, a game. Um, Jessica is a mafioso. uh, And we are just two civilians. uh, As it should be. (laughs) 
which one of us is the is is in the mafia. Uh, Jessica's really trying to uh, make sure that one of us takes the hit and gets captured by the cops. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sort of like that style. So how how would you say that works differently for you? Because because you can't reason through it in your head, I guess. Um. Yeah, there's a lot like in terms of deducing who it is 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 difficult sometimes. It's a lot of just body uh, language reading, which okay. has a bad poker face. Super awesome. Yeah. Uh, but also if if I'm the person who needs to hide their identity, I've found that it's easier for me. I don't have to I can just blurt out whatever random tell that I need to uh uh throw people off my scent. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's mm. that is interesting. Well, um I don't know if that just means I'm a ba- uh, I'm a good liar or not. Uh but <laughs> something that I've noticed uh at least in my my times playing games like that. That's actually something I was I was thinking about earlier while you were talking and then I forgot to bring it up because we had shot off in another direction. Um, because the way you initially presented the way that, you know, you have to, you know, work through things where you have to put your first thought out there, it seems like you would by default have to be a little more honest. Mm. <laughs> Are you making this man call himself a liar recorded? What the hell? No, no, I I just mean, uh, so every, look, everyone lies sometimes. I, I just think. You know, it's, uh, first reaction, I guess, typically, if I know I'm in a situation where in just like in the context of, you know, a deduction game, like right. if I know that I have to lie, that I can just be like, bah, okay, automatic lie. All right. Well, I'm a terrible liar because I like play out the ramifications of if I get caught in that lie and then I know I'm going to forget it because of my brain. So, yeah, no. No, you just got to make yourself believe it. But I can't remember it to make myself believe it. I like, see. therein lies the problem. Well, all right. Well, I, you know what? I think we're about ready to wrap up. Uh, yeah, there's that, um, you know, if there's any last remarks you'd like to make, Jason, you can go ahead and make those. And, um, you know, we can go ahead and sign off, I think. Uh, well, thank you for having me. It's been delightful. Oh. Thanks for coming, really. For real. Thanks for reaching out to us, man. This was exactly what we wanted to happen. Like, this was a pleasure. Awesome. And then I, I feel like I already got most of my spiel out of the way, but, like, for anybody who might hear it, who might also be, I don't want, suffering is such a bad word, who might also have aphantasia, like, it's it's kind of its own superpower. It has its own drawbacks. Like, you know, you don't get that, that film in your head. That's your crypt kryptonite but you know you do other things really well and it's awesome i think they need to choose to look at it as like a superpower because it really seems like it to us <laughs> it, it really does well uh thanks for coming on <clears throat> i'll uh I'll, I'll let you know when the episode's gonna come up and uh i wish you the best thank you very much All right. thanks jason have a good day you too thanks so much to jason for talking to us we i absolutely love that um, I did too. The, the fact great. that Jason can be a dungeon master, right? 
and not have the visuals. Yeah. I know. I mean, that's, that's God, absolutely. That's so cool to me. We actually, once we finished this interview, got off the phone and talked about that specifically for a good 15 minutes. Yeah, we so, did. Yeah, we did. I, I didn't know what the fuck a dungeon master was. And, you know, Jessica is enough of a nerd. She was able to explain it to me. Um, <laughs> of course I know, was. No, it shocked me you didn't know. Yeah, yeah because I'm pretty nerdy. Um, yeah, it shocked so me. So absolutely no hate to the dungeon masters out there, especially not you, Jason. But uh, <laughs> Seriously. Um, this next guest we have is uh, an awesome, awesome guy by the name of Christoph. He... That has a beautiful German accent yeah. that I just fell in love yeah, with. Yeah, Jessica has a real thing for accents, if anyone's after her. I do. Um, God, I have a thing. I don't care what accent it is. Just, just about, as long like, as it's not care. what you're familiar with. It's just, yes, it's just got to be different. Yeah. Like, I don't care what it is. Yeah. Well. Strong leaning, leaning towards, like, the Scottish, Irish, and the Viking. Like, the. Yeah, they're, those like are those. cool. Those are cool. It's not a, <laughs> I like the harsher accent. It's not a Viking accent either. <laughs> Whatever yeah. it is. Vikings haven't Whatever been around it for is. a while. Um, I know, but they always look like Vikings. So that's what I'm going to associate it with, okay? okay. I'm a visual yeah. thinker. So Christoph, Christoph has really, really done the, the legwork on researching this himself. I mean, I would I would go as far as calling him an expert on aphantasia. Yeah, it, I mean, it's really the type of thing where I would love to see him publish an academic paper on it right i would um, too as well i'd love to see him do that and then that spark a bunch more research into it because i mean we it was it was our problem in the initial episode we just couldn't find that much like concrete information about this right yeah so christoph i mean has personally he's, he's gonna tell you all about it but he has done so much into looking into the way that people express aphantasia, the way that the, the, the various grades of fantasia and aphantasia, he, he shows us that it really is sort of a spectrum and, and demonstrates that even between the two of us, there, there's a disparity. Yeah, I thought that was one of the coolest parts of it, him walking us through the test to see what we're capable of doing. That was really, really intriguing right. to me. I liked it a lot. Yeah, so that was a yeah. great part of it. And I want to put a disclaimer out there just to make Christoph feel more comfortable because I'm sure he's going to listen. He was a little nervous with English not being his first language. Um, like we said, he is from Germany. So y'all just bear that in mind. He did a brilliant job. You can't even tell. Yeah, yeah. I, but there was, just there to was throw no it out there where, to make him I feel. Even had an, <laughs> there was no moment where we even needed to slow down for him. Really, it was it was almost no, hard there to keep up with him. There was a, there yeah, there was a couple of times that he um, asked us for like a word that to associate with for us as you know Americans, but it's a quality quality time spent with him. This man is highly intelligent. Very, very in tune with the woo-woo side of this as well, which just yeah, makes tickled, me smile it, even thinking of it. In, a, in an <laughs> absurd way. Yeah, when that man asked me how woo-woo he could go, I was like, oh, I love yeah. you. Th this is this is perfect. <laughs> so, so thank you again to Kristoff. We are hoping, if the world does not go completely sideways, to have him back on again because... This was really someone that we can dig in deep to with some other 
topics that we've discussed about afterlife and things like that on our show. So I would really like to pick his brain. Absolutely. So here's Christoph. Are you going to intro us? I mean, I thought you were going to. Way to drop the ball <laughs> off the court. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought we agreed you were. No, I wasn't there for that conversation, evidently. Just uh, happened. Well, okay. We've got Christoph here with us. <laughs> and this is um, going to be a very special treat as a, another interview conversation, rather, with someone that does have aphantasia. They refer to themselves as aphantasic. And I just I absolutely love it. It sounds like a superpower when you say it like that or like it needs to have glitter thrown out i'm aphantasic okay like, calm down calm down <laughs> it needs to be it's it's, it's a cool thing you so, just think glitter makes everything better i mean no it's poisoning the planet so let's say confetti we could throw out some leaves whoa oh, i have bad memories with confetti oh really oh, really? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. it's the bane of my existence i hate glitter i worked in a bar for a while and glitter was everywhere oh, i lost a friend because of confetti really whoa whoa okay <laughs> yeah do you want yeah. to expand? Do you want to tell us that story? Sure. I was at the house party of a friend, and this particular friend of mine thought it was a great idea to take out a kind of gun with confetti in it. But it's not like just a, like, like a pop thing that you pluck and it pops out the confetti. No, it's like a real gun that you put on like the the, the uh, silencer, right? It's a silencer. like a pew pew. And, like yeah, a pew. yeah. Oh yeah. And he shot that inside the room, and he, it was like a grenade went off everywhere. Confetti. And oh. I was mad. Yeah, he's yeah, not as you should be. Right. No, that's that's very stupid. Yeah. That's, a, that's a dumb thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So, Christoph, give us a little bit of an overview of who you are and, you know, sure. to start us off a little bit. Okay, so, well, I'm Christoph. I live in Germany. I am a trained engineer and I do software development on the site. Basically, here and there, I'm half and half. Uh, next week, I'm going to start my own software company, so I'm really excited. So, that's going to be a great start with my company and the corona. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, who knows? Now we are all in home office, so software is the way to go. Well, but yeah, I'm aphantasic, but actually you need to classify it because there are many types of aphantasics. I'm a full aphant. Full aphant means that I do not have any kind of sensory imagination. As it, so I cannot imagine smell, taste, touch, uh, sound, visual, of course. So there is no sensory experience connected to imagine. So when you say imagine, there's nothing happening. There's literally nothing happening inside me, basically. I just know what that would be like. That's I very... Guess. Okay, that's, so hang that's on. That's very interesting. Yeah. So I, I, it had never occurred to me that there were... that there were uh, the, the other senses were included in this. Me so, either. I mean, touch, touch specifically. Like, you, you, you couldn't imagine someone reaching out and touching your arm. No, absolutely okay. not. That's, if, see, if I say, like, chocolate, do you have a... Like, do you know what it tastes like? Like, that's blowing in my head. I know what it tastes like, but I cannot recall the taste so i don't i don't oh. I, I know that i like the the cheap chocolate from that one supermarket better than the cheap chocolate from the other supermarket but not because i can retaste it and be like oh i want to taste that again it's just that i know that i preferred that one last time it's all categorical yes exactly interesting so the great thing is we in the aphantasia community have basically figured out how we can tell or make people who are not aphantasia understand aphantasia so if you want to start 
start with that? I'm up for order. Oh, yeah. Roll yeah. with it, man. Okay. I'm totally on board. Okay. So important is that we find out what you can imagine because we need to find a, a, a loop, a loophole, basically. Because commonly under Fantasics, there are senses that you cannot imagine. For, I think, most people, the worst or the most difficult uh, sense to imagine is smell. So can you imagine like the smell of uh, citrus? Yes, easily. Yes, e- very easily. Mouth yes. starts watering and everything. Okay, okay. So sounds like it's going to be difficult. Oh, so, so, <laughs> sound, you can, you can imagine sound, no problem. So you can just create music and listen to music. Oh, yeah, yes. in my head? Yeah. I've, yeah, I've, I've been a musician for years. Um, I come up with, you know, sure, music in my head before before again, I try to. Uh, that is not necessary for that, actually. Like, right, uh, but the, the way that I'll, I'll think about uh, playing, if I, I get an idea for, uh, you know, a riff or something, it's, yeah. it's playing in my head first and then I have to run to a guitar or yeah. whatever other instrument I'm, I'm wanting to work with to try and replicate it. It's, it's harder to get it out of my head than it is having yeah. it in my head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from um, uh, the friend of my mother who still does not believe that people can actually see stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, cannot, he cannot believe it. It's, it's That's adorable. His, breaking his reality, so he would rather not believe it. Uh, <laughs> he's a musician and he's playing jazz and he can also not imagine any sound and he's just playing and when he's yeah, this is the right way. It feels just right this way, and he's practicing over and over, so he has it done for perfection. He makes great music, definitely. That's so. that's, in, that's interesting because jazz is so improvisational. Yeah. Right. Um. Do you think with with jazz, or or do you think someone who's aphantasic might be more uh prone to to have a greater affinity for more improvisational type of performance? Now the thing is that my opinion, I I have no, I cannot say that that is true or not, but there is actually we have a big misconception about what aphantasia and not an aphantasia is. Aphantasia is preciseness. It is how much information you take in. And it is for you guys. So my, my current theory is that you guys are experiencing the world at a quite lower resolution and you have more room to create different experiences. And uh, so my, my this theory comes up because, and I don't know if you have heard about this, but your brain is uh, somewhat separated into different parts, right? Right. So, and we know that visual or imagination in general seems to be inversely correlated with the visual cortex. So if you have a huge visual cortex, you have basically no imagination because there's too much information, is my guess. So, so you are pulling in too much information and you cannot create this because there would be the need for so much detail. So I, uh, the, the right way to go about this is because if you imagine something, how detailed is that? Is it like real life? Mine no. is dang. Mine is mine's dang near like a cartoon. Like if someone was to paint a scenario, that's what I quote unquote see or experience. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's the right point for going for the questions. So this is something I developed two years ago, and I. Try, I put put it out there on, on Reddit back in the day. And at that time, you need to know that there was a huge split in the Fantasia community. Like there are people, and there's still a lot of people in the Fantasia community who cannot accept this visual, that there is actually a visual experience of visualizing, which I find confusing because why would there be a Fantasia if there's no visual? Right. Right. Yeah. 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 There, there are a lot of people who say, yeah, well, I see, but I don't see. 
which I don't get. But okay, <laughs> let them let them have that. I I, I don't want to. So now I want to now find out where you imagine. So for everybody, just look around in your room. Take a place that is maybe like. I only know metrics, so two meters or something. So it's not an arm's range. It's, it's more than an hour away from you, at least. Okay. So I, now I want you to imagine a ball, take whatever ball you know best, and put it there. Just put it there. And now I want to know, can you see it? Can you see it like a real ball would actually be there? Like is it actually physically in front yes. of me? Yes. Yes. If I focus hard enough, yes, I can make it actually physically in front of me. For me, it's more more like there's a a, sh- a shadowy type mm-hmm. thing. And so if I close my eyes, I can I can visualize it almost perfectly. Yeah, yeah. No, no. See, see, this is what this is about. That's the first of three questions to find out where you can visualize. So we already know that uh, we have one who can a bit more project what I call or. Fantasia uh, Miao, who is like a trainer in the field, called uh, Pro Fantasia, I think it was. So the the ability to pull out the imaginary in front of you, so actually put the imagined thing in the world. Uh, in the Fantasia forums, I have been called crazy because that is hallucinations, according to them. <laughs> okay. Now, I from my questioning from the Almost thousand people. I only took records of 730. About 40% of the women could do this. So there are a lot of people going around hallucinating all the time. So it's a bit strange, right? Yeah, I believe it. I believe yeah, it. No? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. It's it's just uh, it's a game of words for someone like me who cannot imagine anything. Just idea to see something that isn't there, no matter where. If it's eye closed or eyes open, that would be hallucination for me. And that, right, I right. Think. So, but for you, it's completely normal, and and you don't even think about it. it just happens. Right. Yeah. Okay. So now we know external. You both can do it. Basically. I want it better than other, but both can do it. That's right. That's, so already I would put you in the group that is a projector, in my case, or profile tissue. Now, of yeah, both of you. Okay. Because I only only go by can you do it or can you not. It's not because there seems to be a cutoff point. At some point, like uh, you will find people who will say that's impossible. Even if they can see perfectly clear inside themselves, they will say that it's impossible what you guys are doing. Okay. Okay, I can right. see that. See, okay. They they have the basically the aphantasia experience. When aphantasia finds out you can imagine, they're like, What? People can see stuff right in front of them? This cannot be. <laughs> yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, next question is uh it this is a bit it's getting a bit modified because uh only later on I find out that people can actually produce like a second stream, like uh, I'm working with two screens right now. So, and basically the one screen is the real world, what they are seeing. And the, the other screen is the one where they can manipulate it and imagine stuff. So they're seeing two pictures next to each other and they can swap to both of them. Someone described it like imaginary is like a television that is always running in the background and you can go to it or you cannot. If you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, that makes sense. 
Yeah. So, but I always say, okay, close your eyes again. Okay. And then try again. Imagine the ball and put in as much detail as you can. If I find people struggle with that task, I add in a lot more detail because that helps. And this is not about, uh, do you know what a ball looks like? It's just about, can you actually see something when you close your eyes? So we need to be clear. So you saw when you close your eyes and imagine a ball, the ball like when you would have your eyes open and look at the ball, right? Right. Right. Okay, so you can do outside, inside, and the third. And that is the basic question for the cutoff point to aphantasia. When you read a book, like a really good book, it's not, that's not happens with every book, but you read a really good book with a nice story and a lot of descriptions. Can you see the world? Are you inside oh, that yeah, world? Oh yeah, like it's playing like a movie. Certainly. Yeah. See, so you are checking all the boxes. You're definitely in the, what people would call hyperfantasia group, basically, uh, because if you can do all of this, you're basically hyperfantasic. But I find these uh, these words really meaningless because they are just created by a group of people like me who have no idea what is possible. And then they find people like you and think, oh my God, this is insane. They, are, they can do so much things. It must be something really special. Yeah. Right. Yeah, See, but- the conversation we just had like with the guests before you, I feel like y'all have something special. I really do. Oh, yeah. Like, we got into... The idea, like when we're driving down the road, we can we can see different crash scenarios happening, like different accidents that we could be involved in. And he kind of laughed and he was like, no, why would you want that to happen? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, damn, I wish I had this. Right. He also mentioned the um, uh, how how his his uh, Fantasia friends, I guess, um, suffer from depression and anxiety much more than him because his mind is just sort of uh, quieter. Like he doesn't have that internal monologue that sort of talks him into, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, more anxiety. Yeah. So he has made the switch. Uh, What I I call it making a switch is when you cut off that part of your brain. Like I had that before, like I had that for, I was depressed for over 16 years and I had an internal monologue constantly nagging me, like, like, uh, it was horrible. And then uh, I went to therapy and I uh, let go of my trauma. And then the inner monologue just switched off. And you cannot uh, see. We're going to talk about psychedelics. And I've taken shit tons of psychedelics, really. I, have, <laughs> nice. I've taken, yeah. I don't know. I have taken DMT. I've taken up to 700 micrograms of LSD. And Ooh. that is a lot of LSD. That's a and, lot of LSD. And I'm telling you that the experience I had when that switch happened was way stronger than all of that combined. Wow. That's that's crazy. That's, that's epic. Like that's, yeah. yeah. You have it just no there's no conceptualizing this experience. I, I have I, for five days, like uh, for no, I was basically when you go for the psychologist, he would have told me that I'm manic or hypermanic, but I was completely in control of myself. I didn't do any of the negative effects, but I didn't need sleep. I could sleep when I wanted to. I could lay down, cluck out, and cluck back in, and perfect. It was wonderful. I was just blessed, and I was uh, completely at ease for, I think, 
three or four years after that experience. Wow. After the, after the psychedelic experience? No, after, after... The, the turning off of the voice. Okay, right. okay, okay. Yeah. So you did that without psychedelics. Yeah. That was a therapy yes. thing. Okay, okay. That was oh, just like a, a remodeling of my brain. My, my uh, psychotherapist uh, managed did you to... Do... Yeah. Did you do DNRS therapy? No, I did uh, behavior therapy. Okay, so, okay. Cognitive behavior therapy. But I don't know if that actually was that much really on... Like he found that I had uh, the problem that I was constantly thinking in a forceful way. So I was always saying, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this. It was, oh, that's no, I, to, I never wanted to do anything. See, I always felt I needed to do something because... Not because I wanted to, because I had to. And then he went, pushed me to actually look again at what I was saying and thinking and finding out what is it that, why you are doing this, what is it why, why you want to do this, right? So I want to go to work because I want to make money, because with the money, then I can have nice experiences, I can have safe, uh, a nice place, and so on. Instead of just saying, I have to go to work because I never thought about the positive effects of these things. So I okay. never thought anything positive, basically. And I had to do the therapy, and then it was fine. But that's beside the point. But now we know you guys are definitely full fantastics. Um, now, every question I just asked you can be answered with no and yes. Okay. So there are people who can only see in the real world, but can see nothing inside. So they can completely modify whatever they are seeing with the eyes open. But the moment they close the eyes, there's blackness. There's nothing there. See, mine, I, I can do it better with my eyes open as opposed to when my eyes are closed. Oh, yeah. See, I couldn't imagine that. Yeah. Right? Really? Closing, closing my eyes makes all the difference in the world. See, not me. It makes it a little more. I have to focus harder. Mm-hmm. See? It's not the same. It's not the same. And that no. is that's the main finding I had is that there are so many different types. There are people who have no idea about holographic books, basically. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> yes, uh, for people like me, when I look at letters, it's just symbols, but they mean basically nothing except for the letters that they're standing there, but they don't have like a connection to it. There's no word building around me. Like I have read Harry Potter and, uh, bunch of books but i never experienced actually experience in the world and i cannot imagine reading harry potter and not seeing it like sure. that's okay right would you would you say the the pleasure of reading is is uh maybe lesser due, due to that I, or different I don't know. it's different definitely so okay. most people most people, I don't want to speak for most people. At least for me, it's more about the, um, the interactions of the people. So uh, uh, all the description stuff is just wasted on me because I really like, why do I care that they're in the castle? It doesn't matter. I just need to know what they're talking about and what is going to happen next. Okay. <laughs> all, okay. all the stuff that's around is not important for actually the story that I'm reading. Oh, and see, that's the parts that we love because that's what brings it to life. Yeah, and I can do nothing with that. My mother is also full of fantastic, and uh, she read a lot of Isaac Asimov, who turns out is also or was uh, an elephant, 
uh, self-proclaimed. And, uh, but there were also books where she said, oh, they were horrible. Like I read this book about the Stone Age. And there were like three chapters just describing the landscapes. It's so boring. <laughs> Nothing was happening. I don't know. I don't get it. And then in retrospect, she said, oh, I was supposed to like see the landscape completely untouched by humans and oh, have an awe experience of all the nature. And she was like, yeah, no, <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> so are and, you drawn to different kinds of book, uh, books as opposed to something that's, you know, more fantasy based or? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. definitely. I, I, I don't need to read that much for entertainment. I read more for learning, like I don't have my camera on, but um, behind me, I have like books on basically everything from self-development. Uh, I'm currently trying to learn hypnosis because that is big in uh, the imaginary part. Like hypnosis, basically just imaginary. Right. Um, well, we have a history, some stuff about sexuality. I love sexuality. It's, I love that stuff. That's just cool. Stuff. <laughs> it's it's humans, very interesting. Humans are weird. Humans, humans are, so, are weird. Humans absolutely. are real weird. <laughs> yeah. A lot of communication because uh, one the, one of the problems or, or one of the things that you find when you learn about a Fantasia is that there is a different way to communicate. Communicating, like uh, I I have learned that now really in a, in a challenging way because at my company I when I talk to people I fail a bit at the human part because I cannot really expect what the other people is going to say. Uh, at least that's for me. I'm a bit socially inept in that way. Uh, and I have a colleague who had super hyperphatasia. So, so that, the stuff that you guys are doing, nothing in comparison. He can change basically everything about the things that he is seeing. <laughs> that's, that's, wow. that's, that's, that's wild. Yeah. And I, I was like, what? What? How can you even function? It makes no sense. Like, <laughs> do you I, know what's real? Yeah, yeah, that, that is the, that's the final question. And yes, they do, they do. For some reason, I, I always ask, how do you know? Because I, I met many people who say they can imagine stuff that are, that look even realer than reality. And I ask them, so how do you know that it's real? Well, but because I make it. Because right, I know yeah, it's yeah. Real. Because they have authorship of it. Yeah, okay. I, wa I wonder though if this is. If that is related to people who begin to lose touch with reality, you know, if they're hyper fantastic, I guess, and then mm. um, they just have very vivid imaginations. And, you know, if, if something's happening in their life um, where they they lose their sort of filter, the, yeah. the world starts seeming completely different to them. I wonder if that is related to certain types of uh, mental illness. Sure. Um, uh, so far, I, I looked into imaginary in that way. There are people, it's called excessive trade, daydreaming or something. There are people, so I don't know, daydreaming is something that makes absolutely no sense to people like me. So uh, I'm trying currently to, well, I, I already broke my trying, but I did this dream now twice. And I, Ooh, see, I'm. Congratulations. I'm. 32 now, and I can tell you that for the last 20 or so years, I have not dreamt. Not really, at least. Right. And, and then I had these two lucid dreams where I was fully seeing stuff, and I'm like, holy shit, this is supposed to be dreaming? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that is something I've wondered about uh, with people, you know, in your situation, how 
you know, if you can dream, would it look different? I think we, we saw a YouTube video where someone said they could dream, but um, maybe the, the faces of the people within the dream didn't really take form. They just, it's like looking at them through their peripheral vision almost, even when they're looking directly at them. And I yeah. guess that would, that would just fall somewhere on this spectrum between Fantasic and yeah, Fantasic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, curious about the communication thing. Yes. Okay, so how do you, because that was one of the things we brought up in the episode, like I wondered how it would translate to interpersonal uh, relationships, mm-hmm. like especially your more like partnered relationship. Do you find yourself having to argue or debate in different fashions because of this? No, I'm the bad person to talk about this because I have never really been that interested in partnerships because I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I, I tried that and then I thought, well, this is like why I don't get it. I, like really, it just didn't do it for me. I, 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 uh, I, I'm going to be totally honest here. I tried sex and I find it boring. <laughs> okay. okay. Really boring. Uh, it was really disappointing. Like, what this is what all the fuss is about guys what's what the hell is this like nothing <laughs> okay huh. but but no yeah what i find is that there seems to be a mix like if you look at the fantastic forums at least a lot of people say well my husband he's a hyperfantastic and i'm a fantastic or my wife is a hyperfantastic i'm a fantastic so there seems to be like this one group fits with the other and i find that makes sense because there are strengths and weaknesses to both groups and they do seem to compensate each other that doesn't mean that there needs to be this this symbiosis relationship or something Uh, there is enough examples for everything else too but that seems to happen but to me the the most important part about finding out about aphantasia and fantasia was actually finding about uh, the the communication part because see right now we are talking right Right. So for me, talking is just audio. Just there is nothing else besides audio happening. But for you, like if I talk about places, like there is not just a, a, a voice happening, but you are imagining the place. You are there basically. You are looking around. You are orienting yourself. And the problem is that someone like me who doesn't experience this might say stuff that is too much for you. Like I could, I could say horrible shit. It wouldn't mean shit to me. It wouldn't mean shit to me. Like I, I, you can say the most horrendous shit. And I was like, okay, so what? Why? Why? What's like that's just matter information. Right. Just information. There is no no intrinsic <laughs> emotional value to that. Like I right. judge. Sure, I say that's bad. That's bad. That's good. Like I I have morals and stuff, but it is not based around. Having to imagine some doing that thing and finding, you know, I feel horrible doing this now. Like, I just know that that wouldn't be a good thing to do. Right. right? Okay. How, what What would you say your experience of that is? Um, in in another interview, we had the person who was uh, aphantasic say that they have an almost physical sensation of of what's the, of their conscience, sort of when they when they're doing something. That they know that they don't, you know, they haven't had to morally reason through it, but they know morally they don't agree with it. it there's a it sort of feel right, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I can tell you that most of the, like I talked about my depression, most of that was just, I felt that I have done something that I was morally not okay with, and I was punishing myself for 15 years for that, so... Mm. Definitely. So uh, one of my hypotheses about memory is basically that uh, events hold a smaller quantity of memory places. Like you are saving. So I have Aston. Aston means I do not have an episodic memory. So if I tell you about my childhood, it is not like I'm going back there and I'm actually re-experiencing the experience and seeing what it looks like. I just know stuff about my past. I know that at, as a young child, we were at a camping place and I was playing Zelda and I was stuck. I couldn't get. And there was this nice couple who showed me the way to the fucking next dungeon. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest day ever. <laughs> I remember this. I remember this, but there is no visual information connected to this and I, I, I don't experience it again. So all of these are just bullet points about this, the story of that time. Okay. And there's, see, uh, it's, it's not like I have this recorder happening. It's just someone is like running with me and just putting points on a list that this could be in any order whatsoever. It doesn't matter. Like there's also no, no sense of time in, inside of me. Like I, I, it doesn't matter if something happened one week ago or two months ago or 20 years ago. It's all the same. It's all the same. Hmm. Okay. See, that's the part when I, when you wrote in and said, um, I don't want to botch it. So when you said this part of it, I can't remember what it was called. ASTEM, is that how you say it? ASTEM. ASTEM. A-D-M. Serial Deficient Autographical Memory. When you wrote it and said it and I looked into it, that was the part that kind of tripped me up was the time part of it that I couldn't I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah, I came my head around your kind of time. I know, I know. Where in time are you really? Like, you are imagining the future, right? You you are basically still right now probably imagining what the future is going to look like. So you, some part of you is basically in the future. Some right. part of you is thinking of things that's happening in the past. So a part of you is in the past and the future, while I'm always here in the present and I cannot go away from here. Like there is, I can think about the future, but I'm not like I imagine how the future is gonna be like. Feel like so, oh yeah, that would be cool if it was be like this, and then actually work to that goal. I shouldn't just think about well, theoretically, if I have my own company, make shit tons of money, I could actually do stuff that I like. See, I can make make these assumptions about this, but there is no actually imagining that thing. Okay. Yeah, okay. Just, so when you recall, like. Talking about the recall and the memory, when you have a conversation with someone, like after we wrap this conversation, I'll go and decompress, debrief, and I will literally play the thing back in my head. Do you do that or do you have that ability? No, not at all. Like I have have literally no memory of what we have talked about for the last couple of minutes. It's completely gone. I just know the flow of the conversation we are having and I know if I, if the next thing I'm going to say it will check where you said that before you don't need to talk about this now but I don't consciously think about it it just happens automatically right okay that's fascinating that is that is fascinating so I one thing I think of um so would you have um 
the, the, the sorts of associations where, so if I were taking a road trip yeah. and I, I was listening to a certain song when I passed by, uh, Maybe maybe a very beautiful piece of scenery on the road trip, right? Um, and later I hear that song, I might think of that piece of scenery. Would you think of, I mean, obviously you wouldn't imagine the scenery, but would you remember like, oh, yes, I saw a, something beautiful when I was listening to that song? No, no. Yeah. I, that, that's something that oh, it clicked me when people say, oh, when I hear that song, it brings me back to the moment we first met. That that never never any sense to me because I don't remember anything happening that detailed. Like I cannot remember the stuff has happened at the same time as that thing. I remember maybe that we talked about something. I don't remember how we talked about that thing. I just remember that we talked about it. But there is no like I I don't know what music played there or what I ate or what it smelled like or. Nothing, nothing like this. Just would you say information? Would you say that helps you in sort of objectivity? Like an analytical thinking. That's what I was thinking. That it's no wonder he's an engineer, kind of thing. Like an analytical right. mind. So now I'm gonna get, go back to the questionnaire. So see, I didn't just ask 730 people. Uh, see, uh, last was last summer I went to. We have your local par uh, park where I talk mostly to random people, m many children too, and man, children have the craziest imagination. I didn't know that could, so it seems to change because there's definitely a drop off in the older generation. It's not, not severe, but there's definitely a drop off. Uh, but then I also went to the universities around here. We have three. Uh, smaller ones, not like the American universities. It's not like this. It's just, uh, Think of them like really small mall, maybe you know, right. <laughs> American sizes. Uh, and well, I, I went through the department, so I spent I think almost a week at one of the universities, and I just asked, okay, hey, hello, and I asked them the three questions, and I asked them extra. So what do you study? So what I found is that when you study basically literature. You are, you have, I have not found, I think, any person who studies literature, English literature, who doesn't have the most crazy imagination whatsoever. It's just insane. Like, they could do anything. Like, I love when they, when I ask them to just erase me from your vision and they're like, sure, I'm gone. <laughs> like, yeah. they can just erase me from what they are seeing, which is insane to me because there's a lot of shit in my vision and right now <laughs> it's nice to just think my room clean and don't actually clean it. <laughs> that does sound nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I have done a lot more tests, so if you want, we can we can do the, the second part too because both of you are projectors, so we can find out how far you can go. And maybe I can even yes. teach you... A, the thing there's a, there's a, there's this thing that many people like you don't know about that you can do that's really cool okay so well at least so that's what the literature so but who who do you guess has the most elephants math maybe no math math, math is, I would think is science. A, yeah that's good that's good 
I would think because when I picture someone that's the most analytical thinkers that I know, it's the scientists, like well, those kind of people. When I was working on my degree in biochemistry, visualization was huge to me because I was imagining like the the ways that the cells mm. interacted, and you know, I, I visualized it. There's there's endless figures in the books with visualizations of what's going on, and until I could really put that whole picture together in my head i actually struggled with it a lot yeah mm. I, I believe you yeah so math no there's some crazy stuff happening in math that i i never knew that graphs could be created in your brain like i had to put them on paper to understand where that line is supposed to go and people are just making them up in their brain i cannot calculate anything in my head because i have no screen to put numbers on so if you tell me a number that's longer than six digits, I'm going to forget it immediately. <laughs> uh, uh, me, me too. Me too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, not me. For some reason, I can remember like really long digits because I can remember seeing it and I remember what the picture is. That's mm. how I recall things is by the image. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. No. So psychology, actually. A lot of psychologists oh. have it's the perfect aphantasia. And I was shocked. There's a university right behind my house, and there was a group of, of people, uh, students standing there. And I was like, okay, just go. And I asked all of them basically the same question, and all of them said, what? See, what? What? Yeah, what? They were completely confused and had no idea that that was even a possibility. And the same, most of the same I found at the other university, except for a couple. And my guess is that the people who actually visualize are less likely to go into therapy style psychology mm -hmm. because okay. one one of the features that FNTJ gives you is that you can distance yourself more from what you are told. Like if someone tells me his most horrible story of life, it doesn't make me feel bad. I just understand that that is not good and I really want to help that person. I'm, I'm a really, like, right now, I have been hoarding like crazy, not for myself, but for my family, my friends, for everybody, because everybody's, like I said, told you before, just taking this for, like, a joke. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I I got supplies. Like, I'm I'm ready for the next three years or so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's you're right. You're not going to run out of toilet paper. No, <laughs> not just toilet paper. I bought enough uh like uh, seeds for farming, and I got a generator and all the stuff, everything. Wow. I, I live get. on a farm, so yeah, oh, yeah. I, I totally yeah. we we live sustainably. Yeah, my grandmother has a has a place where we could at least for a while until the shit uh, yeah, settles. Um, yeah, yeah. This, uh, yeah, but so, maybe, okay. maybe, yeah. So you've so, talked to a lot of people with yes. aphantasia. Do you have any questions for us being such visual thinkers that you're curious about? No, the thing is, I have done this. Like, with you've done people. so much of it. See, I have talked with so many people. That is, but that all a really big part of frustration for me because every time I go to the aphantasia sub and then someone tells me, no, 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 like, they do not want to believe that people like you exist. Like I have been cussed out many times, like really hard. Wow. With definitions of hallucinations. And I'm like, 
read them right they are choosing to see the stuff hallucinations are not supposed to be chosen and hallucinations are confused as real and thought of that other people can see them but they they will keep on the point that now it is the sensory experience it's it's pointless <laughs> it's really pointless because it's just too much no you always no, I to, totally no? I that, yeah, that makes sense. I understand because, like, I had an experience like about a year ago where I was hallucinating, mm. and I the only reason I knew it wasn't real is because it was so out of the norm. I saw a pink kitty cat, and then one <laughs> night I saw pink stars falling from the sky. I obviously know star stars aren't pink, nor neither are cats. But so, you would still you would still be asking me and your brother. I would still have to ask. Yeah, like, mm. wait, do y'all see that? Do y'all see that? Because that looks real real to me right now. And if y'all aren't reacting. We got a problem. Yeah, yeah, that is that is really that's that's hallucination because you thought they right. might be into it. Yeah, so because I couldn't I couldn't make it on demand. I couldn't yeah. make the cat show up when I wanted it to. Yeah, that was just a hallucination. Yeah, like if yeah. I sit here now, I could imagine and make what I saw reappear, but mm. it would be a little bit different than I because I would know it's not real. Then I really wasn't sure. Okay. Uh, wait, wait a moment, maybe, yes, I got my, my documents here, because for the second part of my questionnaire, I, I need the paper, because I, there's too many stuff that I, uh, <laughs> so, I, 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 will, I will not do with you the dream uh, I have created for my participants, that has been from everybody, I have done this with, I think, 60 people, and everybody afterwards said it was the most beautiful experience they have in their life. Oh, I'm down. Yeah, that We're sounds down. great. Sounds yeah. great. <laughs> Lay it on us. Uh, yeah, but it's difficult because uh, you're far, far away, and I don't know how to do it without you actually seeing it because I, I physically have to give you something for it, basically. Uh. Like I have to give you an imaginary object that you then use. Oh, I can imagine your hand coming through this webcam super easy. <laughs> I haven't done this so long. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for this. No, please, please. <laughs> I, maybe some other time, but no. But, we can totally do another follow-up if you're not, if you want to think on it and figure out how to do it remotely. Yeah. No, I, I have done it once, I think, with someone else, but... I'm a bit too nervous for this right now, really. I'm, I'm already I'm up for now two days, so I'm already a bit uh, wheezy. <laughs> uh, You're doing great. You we really can are. just get you back another time, honey. We can, sure. we, we've gone uh, a very long time already. Yeah, we have. Yeah, you've been super interested. I haven't even realized how long we've been going. I, I just realized how long it had been. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this has this been is, great. This has been you've excellent. been nervous. We couldn't okay. help. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Skip this. Do you want to hear the woo woo shit? Yes. Yes, we want to hear the woo woo. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna tell you now the biggest discovery ever. I'm convinced that I have found the biggest discovery ever for humanity in the the in this research. Now, you guys, you can see stuff, right? So. Right. I went around and then there was this group of children and I'm like, I'm going to ask everybody because I cannot choose. But if I choose, I'm selecting and I don't, I don't want to select because then I'm putting my bias in this. So I'm just, okay, children go there. Also children are fun. They're so fun. And 
after I'm done with this and I've done this with them, they're like, oh, wait, do you want to see Ghost Girl or something? I don't remember exactly what they're, what they're saying. I'm like, what? Yeah, see, we can, like, uh, make ourselves see a ghost to, to each other. I'm like, really? Sure, sure. You can see stuff. You can make stuff appear in your head. Why shouldn't you do anything else, too? So they taught me a method that then I did with, I think, 10 or 20 people that seems to be able to transmit thought without speaking. Ah, so okay. like a tele telekinetic type of... Yeah, yeah telepathy. Basically telepathy. Tele uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, so it basically works with people like you two. Uh -huh. I, I have only tested with people who are really strong on this, and you are just staring into each other's eyes, and one person imagines an object, the other person then closes, after staring a lot, closes his eyes, opens the eyes again, closes it again. The very first thing that pops into their head is the thing that you have been imagining. And that has worked scarily good. Interesting. I have no idea how that works, but it is weird. <laughs> so, do you think this could um, could be related to the sort of uh, collective conscious? Some yes. people, yes. some people think of. Yes, because some people nothing. <laughs> because there's the next thing. Uh, I'm and I have made a post on the Aphantasia subreddit. I'm I'm, conf I'm confident and I am absolutely. I think this is Aphantasia proves a philosophical theory called the inverted spectrum. The inverted spectrum basically asks the question, okay, if you both look at something that is red, do you see the same thing? Do you see red both? Or do we just call it red and both of you see something completely different, right? Yeah. So, I've and, wondered and, this before. Well, yeah. I've, yeah. Always, I've always thought that we we're seeing things in you know we're we're obviously seeing the same wavelength of light you know hitting our photoreceptors but what looks red to me may look maybe purple to you but that's how yeah. we both define red because it is the same wavelength yeah. of light yeah it's not just the same wavelength because when you think about it how did you learn that it's purple right it's not like you came up with the word purple someone told you so your so parents your mother, your father, or something like you. Oh, daddy, what's this color? And she said purple. And from that moment on, that was purple for you. It's not like you actually saw purple and purple as the thing, but you saw a frequency that then was named purple. So oh, this is good. Okay. So yeah. how does it? How does it? How does it tie together? Okay. So how does it tie together? So the the. Inverted spectrum problem is basically based around if something is just called the same thing or if it is the same thing, right? Now think about what aphantasia is. Imagine a tree. Imagine a tree. Now what have you done? I see a tree. Yeah, I see a tree. I don't see anything. There is a completely separate experience for me and for you. So the same okay. words have absolutely completely different meaning in that sense. But they are the same because I still understand what you are saying. So it, 
the meaning is based around the word instead of that's it, really the act, the experience of it. So have you done have you done this experiment with the 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 telepathic sort of thing where you tell someone, okay, you think the color red, and you know don't tell the person they're supposed to be telepathically communicating with, but then that person comes up with the color red, because if you're just thinking of the color red, that mm. person should be able to say, oh, that's red, and if it's not red to them, <clears throat> then it would be you know their definition of whatever that color looks like. No, not that way, because I basically do it around objects. So either I just write down a word and then show it to person A, person A imagines that, and person B then just says the word, or I let person A choose a word, like I had one pair of girls where one girl was wrote down on my uh, my paper football, right? American right. football. So, and then both did the, the thing, and the other girl said, Football. Okay, we need to there, try this. There was nothing related to football around. So, and th the weird thing is, then she said, I first thought this was uh, soccer or something. And uh, the other girl who was projecting was like, yeah, that was what I was first thinking about. So not only did she guess what she actually predicted, but what was before too. So both. There was more transmitted, actually, and <laughs> I don't even know how, how, how that concept happens. Well, because That's really now, interesting. Where, where, if you take that into account, where does your imagination come from? Where, where do the pictures you are imagining come from? To me, I just imagine the pictures are based on a template already in your brain from memories. Mm -hmm. So, but... Oh, go ahead. So, but now you hear this, that people can put stuff basically in your head. Right. <laughs> hmm. Okay, this is cool. I don't, yeah. I don't, my mind's so blown. I think I've ran out of like anything at this point. Like, yeah, this is, this is whoa. a lot. This is a lot. This is a lot. About. Yeah, no, I, the, the problem that I'm facing is because I'm getting used to that stuff. So I'm kind of over it. <laughs> But still, it's it's crazy. I know. I know. This is really cool. Wow. But, and I really appreciate yeah. you coming on. This yeah. is no. fan-fucking-tastic, man. Yeah. I loved we've, it. We've covered so much. Uh, absolutely, we we might be trying to contact you again sometime soon because I feel like there's a million different directions we can go with sure. yeah. a lot of these things that you've said. Sure. So, um, yeah, man, like thanks. Said, I'm home office all the time now. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> for at least the I'm, next three years, you got supplies. Well, I'm not going to stay for three years, I hope, in here. Especially not if uh, power runs out or water runs out. Then I'm going to move, but until then. But maybe maybe, maybe I'm lucky. I'm working for a company, and we are coming up with a, with a machine that is hopefully able to get rid of corona, but... Excellent. That would excellent. be excellent. We'd love to just luck. Which is luck. Totally. That's probably well, some proprietary information. No, 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 not really. It's just we are trying to like uh, pump out all the air and just kill Corona because Corona basically stays in the air for too long. Oh, so yeah. we are just okay. making yeah. air suction machines that are just hovering up 
so much air, so it's basically going to feel like you're constantly in this in a light wind, like a, completely surrounded by wind, but it's pulling the air down, so you cannot breathe into someone else's face. Oh, oh, interesting. That's okay. an interesting idea, yeah. Once y'all launch it, I'd love to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Christoph. It's been an absolute yeah. pleasure. It's been delightful. Yeah. I, I love it. It was really great. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, we wish you the best. You guys too, man. You, you need it more than me. Kind of fine. I'm really worried about the United States. I love your country, man. I love your country. I wanted to move there a lot for a long time, but you need help. Yeah, oh, we oh, do. Oh yes, we do. Boy, yes, we howdy, do. do we? Oh my God. Look, there's there's so plenty of us. So you stay safe. We'll stay safe. <laughs> please, please stay safe. All right. Bye, Bye. honey. Yeah. Bye. Thanks again to Christoph for joining us. That was, I'm, I, that was such a fun conversation. Really, it really was. Like I felt like I had just talked to a very enlightened individual after that. It was very refreshing. It, it really was. I, I I had so much fun with it. Um, so yeah. we have a couple more interviews lined up. Um. Yes, we do. We had some people reach out on Facebook to us that I was able to finally find the messages from. And we're going to get even a female perspective on it. And she has experience with psychedelics and DMT and would like to specifically talk about that as well. So I'm really, really excited about that. Very, episode. very excited. So, yeah. So, guys, look we look for more in the future. You know, right. Um, right, and we hope y'all enjoyed again, this. If you're a guest, uh, if you if you are a listener, and we we talk about something that is of any interest to you, and you think you have anything to add, look, we we want to learn. We want everyone else who's listening to learn. Um, feel free to reach out. Really. Right, and we're obviously not timid on putting somebody else on mic yeah, with us. Absolutely. Like y'all reach out to us. We loved it. It was great. I mean. That was a really fun day to do those interviews. It was. So I hope you're all well, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Next time, guys. I don't know why I clapped at the end, but yeah, I did. Well, I did it because you did it, so. You've been sitting here uh, practicing for a TED Talk for what seems like 10 minutes. It's already awkward. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of liking it. <laughs> I think we've just about reached our time. I think we have. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, everybody, go out there, get the information you need. We, we have no information on said family. We have no information on anything. We know nothing. Uh, we look forward to talking to you next time. See you next time, guys. <laughs> <laughs>